Hey, podcast family, listen, thanks so much for tuning in. This is episode two of season two. Yo, I'm loving it. I'm just excited. I'm having the time of my life uh, and I'm getting great feedback. Oh, man, so many comments. Uh, those of you that are in the waiting room, you're sending it to people who are in a waiting room. Uh, you're anticipating a waiting room and I'm just getting great feedback. So this this season is all about encouraging you in the waiting room. As always, like, share, send to friends, get other people to subscribe. I want this message to get out because I want to encourage you. You're in the waiting room. And a lot of times when you're in that place where you don't know what's coming next and you're not sure or you experience loss and you're trying to navigate loss and you're experiencing a, a place of brokenness and you're trying to navigate, a lot of times it's hard to find encouragement. You got sad songs, you're playing melancholy music, you're reading sad poetry. I am here to encourage you in the waiting room. Uh, the waiting room does not have to be a war room with God. I want to help you open your eyes and see what's right in front of you. So, Thanks for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe uh, as always and help spread the word. I'm here to encourage you as we talk about what it is to be in the waiting room. What if you packed the wrong thing? You know that moment? When you get in a place and you pack to be there and you open up your bag, you open up your suitcase and what you thought you brought, you realize what you brought was the wrong thing. You're in the waiting room. The question I want to ask you is what did you bring? What did you bring and could it be that you brought the wrong thing? I don't know about you, but when I feel overwhelmed, when I feel like I'm in the waiting room, when I feel like I'm in that season of transition and I'm trying to hold on, I'm trying to get to the next season, I'm trying to navigate the storm, I'm trying to overcome the disappointment and the circumstance that's hit me. I don't know what you do, but what I tend to grab first is strength. I say, all right, I need to man up. Need to woman up, put on, put, put, grab my muscle and just white knuckle this thing through. I try to grab all of the strength I can to absorb the discomfort, the disruption. I, if the family's going through financial trouble, I try to grab it and say, all right, we're going to make it. We're going to such and such. And my wife's not going to see me. She's going to see a fierce resolve on my face. I'm going to guess. And I just start pursuing. I just start pursuing. If there's a loss around, I just start trying to comfort people and say, all right, we're going to get through this. We're going to get through this. And we start moving through. And I want to push back. I want to push back on that. I want to, I want to, I want to caution you. Some of you brought strength to the waiting room, but that's not what you need in this season. What if instead of bringing strength, you need to bring weakness? What if instead of having it all together, what if instead of straining to hold all the plates, what if you let them fall? I, I, 
I can hear you now. Some of you, I lost somebody. She done already turned it off already. She's like, what the, what you mean let it fall? You got my kids, my family. I got all this relationship, my education, the job. You want me to just let it? Let me, let me tell you something. Can I, I, I want to encourage you. I want to encourage you. And I'm going to tell you something that you probably hadn't heard in a long time. You're not God. So stop acting like it. You are trying to hold it all together as if you are both Alpha and Omega, as if you are the beginning and the end, as if you are the creator of all things. You will never say that with your mouth about yourself, but you are saying it with your actions all day long. You're saying, I'm in this waiting room, but I'm going to be the savior. I'm going to get myself out. And you are relentlessly trying to beat against the walls, trying to break that door open, saying, well, our family is getting out of this waiting room. We're getting out of this. Our marriage is getting out of this waiting room. My life is getting out of this waiting room. My career is getting out of this waiting room. What? Whoa, 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 whoa. Put it down. What if what's needed in this moment is not your strength, not your solution, not your fierce resolve, not your relentless pursuit to get her done? What if in this moment your strength is not it's not even that it's not necessary, but what if it's the very thing that's hindering you and keeping you in the waiting room? What if the way out is small? What if the way out is weakness? What if the next epiphany and the biggest breakthrough comes not through the door opening, but through your strength surrendering? What would it mean for you to come to the end of yourself and just simply say, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's next. I'm, I'm struggling to believe in my ability. I'm insecure. I'm doubting myself. What if you just told the truth about where you are? What if strength wasn't what you need, but confession was what you needed? And just be honest about the frustration that is this season. Paul will help us. He says, I learned, I, I tried to get that thorn removed. I was begging God. I was like, no, dog, God, this is Paul. This is your boy. I wrote most of the New Testament as he bought, move this thorn. God was like, my grace is sufficient. <laughs> yeah, now I know what you're saying. I, I say stuff like that to people all the time too. This ain't one of them calls. This is one of those times when I actually need you to do it. I don't need a philosophical reason of why it doesn't need to be done in the way that I'm asking it to be done. No, I need you to do it. I need you to remove this thorn. My grace is sufficient. Paul says, eventually I got it. My strength isn't what's going to win the day. It's my weakness. And when I learned that my weakness ushered in the perfect strength of God, ah, maybe the perfect strength of God can't come in because you are consumed with the perfect strength of yourself. Maybe God can't come in and show and display and reveal at the level that he desires to because there's no room for him because the room is so the 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 room is so full of you in your in your strength in your workings in your strategies that the spirit's leading there's just no space for it. 
And it ain't like he's sitting out with his arms folded throwing a tantrum tantrum. He's just saying, yeah, I come in. There's just nowhere for me to sit down. There's just no room for me. He's so full of himself. It's hard for him to be full of me. She's so full of herself. It's hard for her to be full of me in this season. So there's just no room for me. It's not that I'm sitting out saying I'm, I, my feelings are hurt. It's not that I'm, I want to torment them. I want to I make them. No, no, I'm not an angry God. I'm just a God that doesn't like to share space. And if I'm going to come in, I want to come all the way in. And your strength is way too dominant in the room. And my strength just doesn't fit. You're not empty. Matthew would capture Jesus's words when he looked upon the crowd and he said, blessed are the poor in spirit. Tim Keller would say, you're not poor in spirit, you're middle class in spirit, and that's your problem. One translator says, blessed are the empty, for they shall be filled. Um, you're not empty yet because you're so full of yourself. You haven't been emptied of yourself so that you might experience the inheritance, the, the, the breaking in of the kingdom of God, for they shall inherit the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. It can't come in because you have just filled the room. Weakness is about, it's, it's, it's about recognizing that I can't do it. But watch this. I, I, I want to give you freedom, though. I want to give you freedom. Well, I, listen, don't you hear that you can't be frustrated? Can I just tell you, in this waiting room, it's okay to not be okay. That's what I'm saying. It's okay for you to let down the guard. It's okay. You, you putting on faces for everybody else. You can't. It's okay for you to not be okay. And God is okay with you not being okay, even if you ain't okay with him. Come on, let's just keep it real, podcast. This ain't, I ain't at church today. Let's just keep it real. Some of you are frustrated and your frustration is pointed towards God. And I'm telling you, he cool with it. I'm telling you, you get to be angry. You get to be frustrated with God. You get to lament. You get to express frustration towards God and the reality of what his will is revealing in your life. You get to be okay not being okay. So this ain't some false uh, dynamic where you need to be, you know, act like you are right, but you really ain't and say, I'm praying to God. But in your mind, you really you really pissed at God. Like, no, yo, no, you get to say, God, what are you doing? What are you doing? And and how long am I going to be here? And I'm frustrated that I'm here to begin with. God, you saw this coming. You couldn't have warned me. You couldn't have given me a heads up. It's OK to be frustrated with God. It's okay to not be okay. I don't know these Christians that, that, that say you can't doubt, you can't question, you can't be frustrated. I'm telling you, that's just, they're just setting you up to be a hypocrite. They're just setting you up to get an Oscar just to act like it's okay. One of the best gifts you can give yourself are, are tears. One of the best gifts you can give yourself is to express the frustration and the anger of this season. Nobody's excited to be in this room. Why in the world should we be expected to act like it? No one anticipated being in this room and was prepared for it. So why are we looking around acting like this was just the next step along our journey?
Come on, friends. That's BS. And we know it. Let's just be honest. We didn't expect it. We didn't see it coming. And we don't like it. And there are parts, there are moments where anger rises. And I'm telling you, God is not intimidated by your anger. God is not intimidated by your anger. You get to be okay being broken, being frustrated. You know, one of the gifts of the brokenhearted, Psalm 34, 18 says he's close to the brokenhearted. So at the moment where you think God is the furthest, not in your strength, but in your weakness, God is closest. His strength is made perfect. He is close to the brokenhearted. The very presence of God is drawn to your brokenness. So you wonder why it feels so cold in the waiting room. You wonder why it feels so isolating. You wonder why you by yourself, because your strength is keeping the the presence and the power and the nearness of God. It's keeping it in a way that you can't feel it. It ain't that he ain't there. Obviously, he's there. Come on. He's on me. Pray. He's everywhere. He's in the waiting room. But it's hard to feel the warmness of his presence. When you're wrapped in the coldness of your strength. He says, I'm near to you. And I want to give you permission to be angry and be frustrated, but I also want to caution you. Don't stay there too long. Don't stay there too long. Uh, Jesus says, Matthew captures it. He says, blessed are the poor out, poor in spirit. You come to the end of yourself. You get to be angry. You get to be frustrated. He says, this next line, he says, blessed are they that mourn. Watch this, for they shall be comforted. He promises to comfort mourning people, not angry people. I'm, I got a cup of coffee in my hand. I'm going to sip it while you, while you sit on what I just said. <clears throat> All right, that's strong. A little, that's a little strong. He doesn't promise to comfort anger, angry people. He promises to comfort mourning people. It's important that you move towards mourning. It's come on, let's be honest. Anger is just the tip of the surface. You're angry because you're disappointed. You're angry because you're hurt. You're angry because you're sad. So come on, let 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 the truth go on and go on down deeper. Let's move beyond anger and let's get to the morning. Let's get to the reality that you're 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 sad and you're disappointed because the God that you said that you knew loved you and that you depended on and that you rested in has revealed something that you weren't prepared for that has been completely disruptive to your life and you didn't see it coming and it's sad and it's hard and you're disappointed on multiple levels. You're devastated on multiple levels. So from that place, let the tears flow. Cry. One of the worst things you can do is force yourself to not release the tears, to not release the sadness, to not express the deep loss that has come into this season. It's too significant. It's too important for you to act like it's not happening. It's happening and you get to be sad about it. You get to mourn the reality of this season. You get to mourn the loss of hopes and dreams that you anticipated and what it would look like. You had an idea. You had a picture. You had a plan and that plan has completely been disrupted and it is worthy of your tears. The lack and the disruption of this plan 
plan is worthy of your lament. It is worthy of your sadness. It is worthy of you turning the lights down, putting your head in the pillow and being sad. It is worthy. Don't skip the morning because it is through the morning that the comfort comes. He says, blessed are they that mourn for they shall be comforted. The comfort comes from the morning. But if you don't mourn, then you miss the comfort. So the isolation, the coldness, the, 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 the distance from God, it, the mourning is something about the sadness. It ushers his hand in a way that's going to comfort you. You will be comforted in this season. There's a beautiful, there's a beautiful exchange that he's waiting to happen. Isaiah 61 talks about it. He says, in this season, he uses his imagery. He says, I'll give you beauty for ashes. And I'll give you a spirit of praise. I'll give you a spirit of praise, this dance for the spirit of heaviness. So I'll give you dancing for the spirit of heaviness. I'll give you beauty for ashes. Here's the problem. If you don't go through the process, your beauty is just cosmetic and your dancing is just a performance because you didn't bring the ashes and you didn't bring the heaviness. Last thing you want to do is come out of this season and you just have cosmetic change and not transformative change. Last thing you want to do is come out of this season and just have a performance for a dance, but not a passionate leaping and jumping that's undeniable because of the deliverance that you've had. The greatest temptation in this season is for you to bring strength instead of ashes. And for you to bring your own fierce, fierce resolve instead of an admission and confession of the heaviness that you feel. There's an exchange that he's inviting you to. I'll give you beauty, but you gotta bring ashes. I'll give you dancing, but you gotta bring heaviness. Every preacher in the country, everywhere you wanna be encouraged about the beauty and the dancing, you'll get that. This ain't that kind of podcast. This podcast is designed to discourage you. I'm not going to rush to the beauty. I'm not going to rush to the dancing. I need you to sit in the ashes. And I need you to acknowledge the heaviness. Because it is in that place that the comfort comes. Mourn. You're in the waiting room. Mourn. Cry. Be sad. Acknowledge the devastation of the reality. Because it is through that confession, it is through your mourning, that the comforter comes. He comforts you in this space. And it is from time spent, couched in his hands, couched in his hands. It is time spent couched in his hands, sitting in ashes. You are not without. He, it's not like when ashes come, he runs. No, he's holding you as you sit in the ashes. While you're carrying what's heavy, guess what? He's carrying you. Come on, it's heavy. But if you were carrying the whole thing, you would have been crushed by now. He's holding you in your heaviness. 
he's holding you in your ashes. So that means he's healing you in your ashes. He's healing you in your heaviness. And as you navigate it, he's gonna give you beauty. He's gonna give you a dance that won't be cosmetic and it won't be a performance. There's real deliverance on the way. But don't rush the process. Rest, be broken in his presence, mourn and receive the comfort, receive the beauty, receive the dance. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Albert Tate Podcast. To stay connected, make sure to subscribe to the Albert Tate channel, rate and review this episode, and make sure to share on your social media platforms. You can follow along with Albert on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Once again, thank you for tuning in to this week's episode, and we'll see you next time.